Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, last year, listeners, I can't say that we have some amazing hook this time. The data shows that when you do part two of an episode, you just don't get as many listens for whatever reason. But too bad. We have to talk about more veteran extension candidates. It must be done. We ran out of time last time. So, John, uh, it is time to get started again. A reminder real quick that if you wanted a refresher on what the rules are on veteran extensions we talked about that at the very beginning of last week's show so what other veteran extension candidates interest you here well uh, first of all a little life hack i think we should label this as part three and then that way we get out of the thing where part two you know drives your numbers down yeah like kind of how naked gun 33 and a third was the best one that's that's that that is a that is a tremendous reference that will be lost on younger <laughs> members of our audience but i appreciate nonetheless yeah that, that that is false by the way the original naked gun was by far the best of the trilogy but yeah maybe i will actually make that the title just like part two and a half or something like that uh to, and see if we can get some more listeners in that way uh but yes, anyway, <laughs> back to basketball here. Uh, what team interests you here? Because we kind of just go by team through some of the ones that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, I'm trying to jog my own memory here. Have we? Did we talk about Chris Middleton? Yeah, we did talk about the Bucks last week. We talked about the Warriors. Oh, I have the sheet in front of me here. I can start unless I, you, uh, you I have know. one. I know who we have to talk about. Yeah. We got to lead the show with Dylan Brooks. I thought you were going to say Mason Plumlee in Charlotte, but uh. <laughs> who is technically extension eligible, right? Yeah, yeah, he also has half of his salary guaranteed for this year. Yes, he's also wa- waivers eligible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, what's Dylan Brooks' situation? Yeah, he's making eleven point four million right now. So they could do the twenty percent raise on top of that, uh, and then they could basically take it to four years, sixty-one million. Uh, I would think now there's an angle to this too, though. Memphis could do a renegotiate and extend. Yeah, that is an interesting one. And I guess the question is number one, let's just try to figure out what in an ideal world Dylan Brooks is worth here. He had a very interesting year in that the on off numbers were amazing. Some of that was aided by some shooting luck, to be sure, uh, particularly from opponents missing three-pointers. Only played 32 games. I do think he fulfills an important role as a perimeter defender and irritant on this team as just a stick-to-him guy. He also had 29% usage and 52% true shooting. It's about four points below the league average. But this is a team also that outside of John Morant was somewhat devoid of shot creators, and he played a lot of his games when John Morant was out. Uh, And at least he doesn't turn it over because he shoots it before he actually is able to 
<laughs> yeah, and he also like doesn't rebound at all, which part of that's because he is just stuck to some guy on the perimeter, but he's also not a great rebounder. They also ask him to run the floor a lot uh, in transition. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what is that player worth? You know, it certainly had some extremely frustrating moments in the playoffs. He also had uh, some moments that were pretty good. He had a good playoffs last year. He was awful, mostly in the Minnesota series. He's kind of a hothead as well. So this will be his age 27 season coming up. Yeah, so... I would say he's definitely worth more than the mid-level exception, I would say. Um, are you paying him Are you paying him as the third or fourth best player on your team? Yeah, probably not. Like on, on a real like championship-level team, he's probably fifth, fifth starter or top wing, right? Yeah, I think – well, so I guess the question is – can he actually work more into that three and D type of role where he's going to be ideally in the low twenties in usage at most, you know, he doesn't get to the rim very well and finish. He doesn't get to the foul line. His three point shooting is is okay. Actually took a decline this last year. So if he is just that three and D type of guy, and I do think his defense is very solid, maybe not absolutely elite, but very solid, particularly within the scheme where they have all this athleticism behind him um yeah you know i'd be thinking about him not in the 20 million range but maybe in the 15 16 million dollar range that so feels about right that i mean that's kind of where i was getting getting to which i think like if he if he becomes a free agent next year i do think somebody would give him an offer in that range um so for memphis I mean, is this? I'm trying to think how. Well, so, uh, so I don't think they can renegotiate and extend him because this deal was only three years, right? It was three for thirty-six. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I think I think they would need would have needed to be a four four year contract. Um, they can extend, but they cannot renegotiate and extend. Yeah. So here's what he's eligible for. It would be a four year, sixty one million dollar deal. So that's basically, you know, I think that would probably be close to fair for him. Might lead to him being a little bit underpaid. But also, you know, if he shoots thirty one percent from three again this year, then he's really not going to have that much of a mark at all. I think he's got some risk here. There's some risk that guys like DeAnthony Melton and you know Desmond Bain obviously has surpassed him in their plans already. You know, he's really yeah the starting three or just that. Williams could surpass him. So I, I think there's some risk here as well. I would say the risk of Melton passing him and Taylor Jenkins' plans seem fairly limited at the moment but <laughs> regardless of what the numbers might say um yeah. but uh i no i think from zaire williams uh, m- maybe there is more more risk there or you know whoever else they draft this year or whatever yeah i would, they do yeah go ahead, i would think about signing that if i were brooks if it was like if i got like a player option or maybe some other goodies in it i would think i would think about it um I, I do think if he becomes a free agent next year, somebody will somebody will pay him in the high teens. So I I'd probably be more inclined if I was if I was representing him to to go ahead and try to have a good year. And I mean, if you end up like if he ends up you know being a a starter or a key player on a team that goes to the conference finals or finals, which is very possible, right? Then I think he's going to get a premium from that too. So. I, I could I could see how they, I think there's more financial upside than downside for him I guess this coming year. 
Hmm. I don't know. Do you just yeah, I mean, he only me? played I mean, 32 games, though, right? And, and let's say they could also lose in the first round, and he could also shoot them out of it again and look terrible, which he did for large swaths of this place. I could see him being down in that mid-level exception range. To, for my state, like, I don't see him getting over 20 million a year. Okay. From my standpoint, I would advise him to take that, uh, particularly because I think he wants to be in Memphis. And yeah, if you could get a player option or something, that would be nice. But I, I think there is some downside for him here, that, and it's not enough of an upside that I think you should roll the dice. But I am generally more conservative on these sorts of things that, you know, and he, you could also just, he hasn't made that much money in his career. He could also just suffer an injury or something like that and just have yeah. a bad year or, or you never know, right? I, I think that this is close enough to his open market value that the risk reduction aspect would want me to, to take it. Um, huh. Also on the Grizz, D'Anthony Melton, they could in theory extend him. He's got two years left at $8 million per, uh, you know, so he could get that Josh Richardson four years in the high $50 million range. You don't know exactly how much that will be yet. Uh, that seems like another one where, eh, you know, I he might have higher aspirations. I would probably offer that and, and take it if I were him just because he's so young um but it just these ones with two years left on these sorts of deals usually just don't seem to get you're done ju- you're just better off waiting most of the time i think you're t- if you're the grizz you mean yeah especially i mean because they have they have so much flexibility right now and they like i'm not even sure if they're willing to be committed to him at this point even though he's been good for them and i think there are a lot of arguments that they haven't used him enough the last two years but if 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 they aren't that interested in playing him now like what why are you going to go out four or five years with him so to yeah me, well i to mean me, the front gonna, office yeah. he's going to sign that extension with his next team when he's because he, i i think melton ends up being a trade piece for memphis yeah well maybe you would be a better trade piece if they extended it would be a thought they'd be um, they'd be blocked from using it as a trade piece though for a while right well six months yeah would, would be it but yeah i guess it, you i guess the question becomes is he a starting shooting guard or not or is he a third guard and that that's where maybe things and they don't necessarily have to go with that full amount either and maybe he wants to try to go somewhere and start i do think like some analytically focused organization could focus in on him like uh memphis did in the first place uh they could also in theory extend steven adams who makes 18 million this year i think that you know, actually but, is possibly in play yeah because the salaries uh, the salaries at the right price point were like oh you go out another year or two and it's fine like they could do sort of what the pelicans did with valanciunas after uh after he was traded there yeah now all of these guys extending them the elephant in the room is you got john morant as coming in with a probably super max next year and then you also have to extend bane at some point as well and then you're going to get pretty expensive and you just wonder how much robert Pira wants to to pay and then you know they also might use cap space to bring someone in this year potentially and just some other guys that they might bring in with mid-level contracts or something like that and so it does get expensive pretty quickly there yeah depending on what yeah and they got to figure out with kyle anderson and tyus jones too if they're paying them or keeping them or signing trade or whatever i mean the the books are actually really clean on paper in the out years for memphis right now but it's going to fill up quickly when you go out two years and you have morant on a max and bane on whatever he's going to get which is going to start with a two at least right um so then deciding who they pay around that is be, becomes a, a bit more uh, vexing decision. I still think um, 
I think the luxury tax is probably still out of play for, for a little ways here. Um, and I think it's actually not as big a concern. Like when, when I was there, the luxury tax was a huge concern. Uh, since then, Robert Perra's net worth has skyrocketed. So I, I actually think it is probably much less of a concern for Memphis now. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. Let's turn here now to the Boston Celtics. Yes. This is an interesting one. Al Horford, they already said they're going to fully guarantee, even if they don't win the championship, his $26.5 million for next year. Yeah. Yeah, but he could extend and even extend at a rate that where he might be tradable. Seems like that's one where they he almost wants to be there enough. It's like, why bother extending him? <laughs> Let's see what happens. Like, it would have to be a really team-friendly discount, and he's going to be 36, I think, next year. So probably don't end up going there. You know, Maybe if they do come back, and win it in game seven there's a euphoric enough feeling that they bring him back for like you know one more year at 17 million or something like that um but the more interesting one is jalen brown and he is particularly because i think he'll get some more pub now with the vet that they've gotten to the finals he could get eligible for a supermax if he makes all nba i thought he actually should have made all nba this year over siakam just for some reason you're not allowed to discuss jalen brown and all nba conversations apparently but and he could also just take a step forward next year but if they wanted to give him a three-year extension for 119 million dollars they could do that he's got two years left right now yeah if i'm jill brown i feel i feel pretty good about getting a giant bag in 2024 so i might hold out for that yeah, like he doesn't if, have much of an injury history as well. I certainly would offer that as the Celtics. Yes, clearly. And also, there's still he's never been a free agent before. Like, yes, he is happy in Boston right now with how things have gone, and <coughs> his partnership with Tatum is really good. But I think uh, he probably wouldn't take that. Uh, I would say. Uh, and just for context, his starting salary in the first season that would be thirty-seven million. However, the max that he would be eligible for, even if he doesn't hit the super max criteria would be 39 million so he'd be about 
2 million short of the max to start and then if he did hit super max he could start it at 46 million yes so the other thing to do yeah the other reason for Jalen Brown to turn it down now is because if he makes all NBA in either of the next two seasons he puts himself in a much better position right yeah I I think that that's true and then also only going out three years you might want to have a four-year deal or even five years by getting the free agency or getting the super max potentially yeah i think i think i think he's young enough that i would i would play this out if i was Jalen brown um yeah i think that's probably fair cleveland this is an interesting one particularly because they already traded for this guy karis lavert could get a four-year 101 million dollar extension I will laugh and cackle if they end up doing that. I, I just yeah. don't think he's worth anywhere near that kind of money. And I mean, the yeah. the sunk cost of of what they gave up for him, like you just can't you can't be worried about that. Um, so I and he he showed right, like he showed what he is for good and bad uh, in those games for him because they were playing big games with him after after the trade happened. So. I do think Cleveland has a little better idea of what they're getting for him. Now, if you could extend him at like 15 or something, maybe that's a different story. But to just, to just you know, capitulate and just pay the guy just because he's a sort of okay wing, like, man, that I, I, I would have a really hard time with that. Yeah, I've noted this when Danny and I were talking about the Cavs last week. How disappointing it is to have Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen making a combined $40 million this year and to actually have to be worried about the tax. <laughs> Yeah, not not great. Well, they J.R. Smith's one point four five million came came off the books this year, so they got that going for him. <laughs> yeah, really. So I, I, that's to me. I think, it, and part of this depends on what happens with Sexton. Yes, I don't think Levert is worth extending even at exactly his current salary, particularly because they could have thirty two million in cap space next year. Now between Levert and uh, and Colin Sexton, like that, probably just ends up getting vaporized anyway. Way. uh so it, maybe that's just not that realistic but you know i don't think he's even worth the 19 million now but then again i didn't think he was worth trading first and second round picks for like a good second too it's number 31 this year yeah, yeah. for lavert so i'm i would have uh I, I think and this is probably one of those deals where you don't trade for him unless you got a pretty good idea of what the extension is going to be that does happen by the way they do have those discussions <laughs> from what i understand they do yeah. Wait, you mean we could have been doing this the whole time? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you had to, what would you actually feel comfortable with as an extension for him? Like, I feel like in the 15 range where you're going, you're saying, okay, we're giving you more than the mid-level, but it's not a number that's really going to screw us up. It's a number that's still tradable. Like, I, I feel pretty good about that. Going over 20 for him, I feel like is just madness. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe I would feel okay with two years, 50 million. Like, he's got a lot of injury issues. Yeah, we haven't even touched on that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, 49% from two. I mean, the big problem is that he doesn't really shoot, right? Like, he's averaged it for, in his Cavs tenure, he averaged, let me scroll down here because he didn't play that many minutes for them. He averaged 4.3 three-point attempts for 36 minutes. Like, that's not, particularly for a team that's playing two bigs and shooting 31%. 
Like, that's not enough. Like, the positional average at shooting guard is seven three-point attempts for 36 minutes. They need somebody who's actually going to shoot the ball. Oh, and somebody who's actually going to defend. Like, he and somebody who's actually going to part. Yeah, he's got the dribbling part, but he's a ball stopper, too. So, <laughs> even that doesn't always work out. I mean, where, where he helped them functionally is that they had some second units that were just a, a cry for help. And his ability to just create some kind of shot did have some value in yeah. in that context. But I, I think that's the limit of his powers. Like, I, he's a sixth man to me all the way. Right, yeah. And that, it, I mean, again, like Jordan Clarkson to me is probably better than him. I would say they're probably about equal defensively, even though Levert has better physical tools. But Clarkson, he'll at least bomb some threes, get out in transition. You know, I think the Levert's maybe yeah. a little bit better of a passer. But yeah, I don't think that he should be making in the high teens. And I also just, I mean, this next year is his age 28 season. Like, I don't want to go out that much much longer yeah. but uh, i mean i fear that that's just they made a bet on him and they're just going to double down and it's going to be ugly well especially if they go out four years and they're paying him until like 31 or 32 like yeah. oh boy so this is one that's probably not going to happen uh well actually let's finish up in the because there are a couple more uh they've got dean wade who's on a minimum contract i actually would try to potentially extend him you know kind of dorian finney smith style like the first time around you know something in the four or five million per year i actually like what dean wade has given them like he you know in the jb bickerstaff world where he's a three he's actually functioned pretty well defensively and he can shoot it so uh, i think he's just a good player that they should use their restricted rights and try to retain at, at a cheap price uh jetty osmond probably too early for him he's got two years left and kevin love it seems like it's all kumbaya with kevin love now he makes 28 this year this is a team that's been very aggressive in extending him before so you could see him maybe being extended for a year or two yeah the only thing with a low number yeah the only thing is he's also their best trade chip because of the large expiring contract so you take your well so you would extend him at a number where he could still be traded uh, but as well like you're not giving him a raise and he wouldn't go longer than two years no i'm just so talking about still the, just do it yeah yeah you just have to time it right where you would do it after the july frenzy but you'd have to do it early enough still that you can do stuff with him as you get close to the trade deadline yeah and, and i mean this is i would i would predict that that doesn't get done but it does seem like yeah th- there's this new re- renewed feeling of like oh he's like mr cav now he's so he really bought into this new culture they have and all that so maybe but yeah i think he's more tradable just in the sense that they you know, as an expiring contract and also to just get in you know if they wanted to get really aggressive with their future first which i wouldn't recommend as i didn't recommend it in the, the levert situation yeah. they could attach those to him and get a significant salary back who's supposed to be part of their core going forward would you do two t- like two times 12 for love yeah it seems about right i think that seems about right to me but i i you know i think he also may just want to actually go to more of a winning situation the problem is that he can't really be in a winning situation due to his defensive limitations you know he'd be averaging 12 minutes a game off the bench on a good team in the playoffs but maybe he wouldn't see it that way he'd be uh he'd be kevin belovelitsa <laughs> well bielitsa is like an order of magnitude better than him on defense actually i would bielitsa holding up in switches is one of the underrated stories of this finals i had no expectation of that happening reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Uh, so speaking of having traded for someone and potentially doubling down, Nikola Vucevic, obviously he wouldn't get anywhere near the four years, 118 million that he's eligible for. It seems like Chicago is now really trying to trade him for another center, which is hilarious. Uh, yes. And, you know, to attach other assets uh, to him going forward, but they're out picks uh, going forward as well here, so, which makes things difficult. Um, yeah. You know, it, we'll maybe talk about him as a figure for this offseason when we get to that, but doesn't seem like an extension is in the offing there. No, I mean, one thing they should look at is offering him to Orlando for Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter. Maybe they could get their 2023 pick back too. Well, let's not get crazy here. <laughs> yeah, so next year is Vooch's age 32 season. And yeah, it's... Uh... I, I, it seems like they are rightfully dissatisfied with that. And the, the disappointing thing is the Milwaukee Bucks and the way they play defense is the exact type of defense that he should have been able to kill. And they still, he just couldn't do it. Like he just couldn't hit shots. Yeah. Like, yeah, so um, let's see who else is out there. Oh, uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. One of my favorites. I, I, clearly, I want to hear what this is because th- you legitimately mean one of my favorites. Sure. <laughs> Dwight Powell is extension eligible, Nate. Yeah, he makes uh, $11 million. Um, I, I think maybe they will finally have it so that he uh, th- that he's not just the apple of their eye anymore, particularly with the amount of tax that they're going to pay. Maybe they even will move on from him and get more of a traditional set. He just hasn't been the threat that he was as a role man before the Achilles issue. And he's still solid in that area. But when you can't play a guy more than 10 minutes a game in the playoffs, I think there's an understanding when you have this type of roster that probably need to move on from him at this point. Yeah. And he is, he, as an expiring contract, he's maybe their best option as a salary that they could move for a player because all their other salary is attached to guys whose salaries go out a lot further and contracts are a lot uglier yeah i mean their best their best means of achieving a trade are something along the lines of dwight powell sterling brown and a future first for some player that they actually want uh now the more interesting one to me is moxie kleba uh he's actually non-guaranteed for next year surely they'll pick that up at nine million so he would be eligible for that josh richardson let's see moxie kleba is going into his age 31 season i do think he's held up pretty well athletically but there is a possibility of that slipping always been one of my favorites in the league one of the most underrated players but you know to lock him up for his age 32 season and beyond you know this seems like one where maybe it could be kind of the the joe ingles type of extension of a year or two they could bump him up to a starting salary in the low teens you know about 12 13 million or so so maybe like a two-year extension for 26 million that's, that would make some sense. Th- that is the sweet spot to me. That That is the one that I think that Kleba would have to at least look at, and that makes sense for the Mavericks. Yeah, I like that. And uh, Trey Burke will not be getting an example. He won't. So, this one I think is pretty interesting as well and it's gone into some relief now with the draft and where Houston landed they're probably it's looking like it's going to be Paolo Boncaro it's going to be one of those three guys but probably Paolo it seems like is the one who's going to be available for them at three I think I'm starting to do my draft stuff now I think you'd have to take him Mm -hmm. and the other guy they'd be thinking of maybe would be Jaden Ivey who I think is a terrible fit with Jalen Green and you know if it were Keegan Murray he's also 
creates this log jam in the front court as well so would surely you think will be on the trade block however if they did want to extend him they could go out four years 77 million i think christian wood is more likely to be extended by his next team uh i i do think there's a decent chance he moves this offseason and then his new team maybe works on an extension with him presumably that new team is a team that actually likes him and so would be (laughs) amenable to extending him i mean christian wood you sort of know what you're getting right like he's a he's a really good dynamic offensive player as a big uh and just defensively there's just a lot of times where he's just not there um now as you're like can that be the third big on a good team um and what is that worth like is he a better player than bobby portis yeah i think so i think so now it's just it's so interesting because he's never been on a real team defensively like he's had moments right when they beat memphis at home this year he was causing all kinds of problems for john morant at the rim and Mm -hmm. he also is actually pretty good as a switch guy he is just a piece of overcooked spaghetti defending in the post i mean just what some of these post players have done to him uh, just is unprintable and obviously you know as a conventional pick and roll defender he's really struggled as well and you know hasn't really gotten all that much stronger it seems like certainly questions about his approach have dogged him for a while he had an issue where he got suspended even this year i think it was for not wanting to go into a game in the second half to me i don't like he's put up numbers i don't see how he's the guy who's getting in the mid-teens when these other starting centers who do more of what you actually need a center to do are in the low teens so to me he's gonna all right scored 20 points a game i was pretty efficient you know he is a dynamic offensive player it's just a and a a question to me of whether he can hold up defensively if he could play at an average starting center level defensively then okay you got some then to me you're you're in the high teens uh but it just that seems unlikely to me and i just particularly given the questions about it his approach i'm not sure if a good team is like oh yeah we really want to trade for this guy and moreover we we want to extend him to me i think if houston could get even you know any type of first rounder for him i would probably just make that trade i think they would probably go ahead and do that at this point can he be a starting four next to next to and a back starting four and a backup five it certainly failed doing that next to daniel tice i think that was more of a tice issue yeah the, the wood shangun minutes haven't been amazing you know but shangun is isn't great uh, as a defender either at this point in time I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I think as a shooter, he's like pretty good. He can get hot sometimes. You know, is he like that reliable? Does he really want to do that? You know, you, you also just run into the same kind of problems that John Collins has in Atlanta. And, you know, Wood's not as good offensively to me as John Collins. But it would yeah. kind of maybe look like that where he's best as a roll man and a pop man. He's obviously best at, offensively at center. And you just can't uh, play him there defensively. So it's a problem. You know what's crazy about Christian Wood? He's like never played for a real team. Right, that's what I was saying. Like that, even that what? no, I mean like even going back to his his UNLV team was kind of like that. Um, you know, they were like an average team in the Mountain West. Um, his the G League team where he put up the great stats was like the worst team in the league, and like had had all kinds of problems. Uh, in uh, it was Milwaukee's G League team. Uh, 
what do they call yeah. it? The, the Wisconsin. And uh, he was on the tanking Sixers, right? The, the Wisconsin herd. John. Yes. Yes. Of Oshkosh. Apparently, uh, yes. that was not something that you heard when you were told it. Oh, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but uh, and uh, he, so he was on the tanking Sixers. He was on the Pistons when they weren't trying to win. And then he's been with Houston the last two years. Like he's never played basketball that mattered. And I'm no. just I'm just wondering what happens when he's put in that situation. It's it's an unknown. For for good and bad, maybe he, you know, maybe it's like maybe he's like, oh, cool, I'll I'll actually give a shit now. I mean, maybe that's what happens, but it's it's I think it's a big unknown with him. Yeah, and I think maybe there'll be a little bit of a fad of this type of stuff, like talented guys who've only been in losing situations, like with the rehabilitation of Andrew Wiggins, that teams are gonna be fired up for that. Yeah, I mean, um, Wiggins, Wiggins at least played on an awesome college team. No, I, I suppose that's true. Though they did lose in the I think in the second round. Uh, New Orleans. CJ McCollum has two years left. Uh, makes thirty five million in the last year of that. Don't think that New Orleans wants to go there. Although he probably would. Certainly not Larry, at that yeah. price. I mean, he'd have to take a major discount to extend his deal. Yeah. Uh, Larry Nance making nine point seven in the last year of his deal this year. Like his fit, obviously next to Zion. This is one where I think it probably goes into the season. You want to see how it's all working in that front court whether he's able to stay healthy he got healthy off that knee surgery very fast last year which i thought was never going to happen but he he did and contributed in their playoff run but that's one where i think bringing a three-year deal continuing for similar money wouldn't be totally out of the question he is kind of older than you think though yeah i just i don't really trust him to stay healthy and he's like even playing as like a small ball backup five, like I thought that got exposed a little bit in the Phoenix series where there's just not any shooting from him. Um, so I'd be inclined to either play this out or I don't know, maybe you could go a year or two. He's also, um, so there are two things that kind of overlap with this. One, what is Jackson Hayes going to be? Because he's going to be up for an extension after this coming season too, or actually before this before the season even starts. He's extension eligible right now. Uh, on a rookie extension. I don't think you pay both Jackson Hayes and Larry Nance, um, given that you already have Valanciunas and Zion. So if that's the case, uh, which which one do you prefer, I think is the the discussion to have. Uh, are you asking me? I'm, I'm saying the Pelicans front office has, <laughs> you know, months. I, I know you would prefer Nance. But the other thing is, okay, in 2025, you know, is Nance still going to be upright? Is Hayes going to continue improving? Like, there's still, there, there are still questions that don't have definitive yep. answers, I think. So I, I think he's a really tough case. I would, I would probably be more inclined to play this out, especially the way the center market has been the last few years. Like, I don't, I don't think you're going to get blown out of the water by someone else coming over the top of you with like a $20 million deal for Larry Nance, right? Yeah, no, I think that's right. And that's what I'm saying. They, they, there's no rush they could get into the regular season. You know, this will be his age 30 season. So, but I, I do think that like his fit with Zion could be pretty good. I mean, I, I liked the theory behind that acquisition and 
and yeah i i do agree like his shooting now let's keep in mind where he is now he's in new orleans he's with fred vinson so maybe fred can work some of his magic on him and then he really can be more of a, a stretch five and then he becomes a lot more valuable i do agree that his shooting was disappointing and he's lost athleticism but he also hits the offensive glass really hard and you know i was a little bit disappointed that he couldn't hold up and switches at all against chris paul uh but you know chris was playing at a pretty high level at that point which would change pretty shortly so yeah i think you go into the season and then maybe you make it an offer you know like a three-year 30 million extension with the last year non-guaranteed uh if things are going well that's kind of where i see it yeah i still wouldn't do that in season like i still like i just don't trust him to stay healthy through that lengthy an extension um and i think he's in the free agent market he's going to be more like a one or two year guy yeah i I guess we'll see so a couple other ones here orlando uh, terrence ross don't think that's going to happen markel fultz that's maybe one that could happen during the season let's see how he looks in his first full year back from the acl last year you know with jonathan isaac not playing at all and Fultz coming back i thought he actually looked pretty good other than the jump shot yes uh but Fultz also does have two years left still as well i should actually have that in my notes and the last year is a non-guarantee so that's probably there's no way that that one's gonna happen and i'm sorry for wasting everyone's time with that um <laughs> utah don't really see anything there uh you know boyan is in the last year his deal but i think he's old enough and there's enough change there he may not even be on the team by the time it's even they're thinking about extensions he's one where the extension could come from his next team right yeah but of course you do have to wait six months to go longer than two years out and greater than 105 percent raises but maybe that he's old enough where that actually would be uh, something that he might be interested in taking uh you know royce o'neill's got two years left as well last year's non-guarantee and he's also kind of fallen off quite a bit jordan clark Clarkson has one year left, but a player option still after that. Probably don't see that one happening necessarily either. That actually is a little interesting because he's got that player option hanging out there, so he yeah. could jet after this coming season if they don't if they don't do something there. Um, yeah, it just seems like everything is so in flux in Utah that, right now. That absolutely that is the biggest problem. It's just there's there's too many moving parts right now. I mean, the thing with Clarkson is you could actually do an extension with him after this coming season, even before the next free agency starts um, or in season. So you have some options with him where you can still wait and. I think Utah needs to figure out the big pieces before they get into the smaller pieces. So what's going to happen with Rudy Gobert? It does seem like the smoke signals are definitely getting stronger that something is going to happen there. So that's the biggest piece. And then they got to see what their team looks like after that. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Washington Wizards. Some interesting ones on this team. Yeah. I mean, if they start off, you know, nine and six this year, they may be really inspired to extend some of these guys. (laughs) Throw themselves a parade. Yeah. Um, So Kyle Kuzma is really, really interesting to me because he has the player option coming this summer. He's very much an eye of the beholder guy. Like there were times when he looked like he was their best player. And there were other times when, uh, let's just say he didn't. And, And the advanced stats have never been as complimentary to him as kind of the, how he's looked on the floor. 
but he's in his mid-20s. He makes $13 million a year. Like, what would you do there? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I think he might want to just play it out into that player option. And I think, yeah. you you know, because the, the most you could give him uh, would be, yeah, he does have, have the player option, but I think he, the most you could give him would be, you know, in the four-year $70 million range if he does decline that player option. And yeah. I think he would probably want to take that. You know, this will be starting in his age 28 season uh and you know i do think that he his much ballyhooed he had some big scoring games he at least rediscovered that usage a little bit uh he went from 20 to 24 in terms of usage last year but yeah. they also had some times where they're really devastated with injuries and he had to just be the guy it seems like he's kind of just the same guy he's always been you know he's just gotten better defensively over the years just a solid player you know can hit threes but he's not like unbelievably threatening there he's always been right about like 54 percent true shooting for his entire career basically uh can create some offense you know a poor man's tobias harris is kind of w- what he's at at this point so you know i think it really in the 15 million range it'd be the most that you'd want to go for him like he is a guy who can switch some and can shoot a little bit like he's he's versatile even if he's not elite in really any area yeah I, and that's what makes him so interesting because like in the theory of him has always been better than the than the reality at least if you look at sort of on-court impact but he has this ability to do a lot of things and fit a lot of different lineups and I do think that's going to make him a really tempting guy in free agency especially if he has the glories of points per game on his side um, you know which he may very well have this season in Washington I mean I think he's going to be an unquestioned starter all year he's going to get minutes and shots so he's going to be in really good position so for all those reasons I do think he would probably turn down an extension right now yeah and also Washington has Avdia and Hachimura behind him who are yet more combo forwards so do they believe in those guys or I mean do you just want to keep a good player on the team that's really interesting like is Bradley Beal I guess is still going to be there uh kcp is another guy who could potentially uh, extend as much as four years 75 million not going to get that but i think he's he's making 14 this year i think you know another couple of years around that range would be pretty good for him i see you're, you're not a believer in him i'm not a believer i think 39 percent from three last year john yeah how many threes did he take like four um uh 6.3 for 36 minutes he, so like a one below the positional average yeah he for a 3 and D guy, he doesn't take that many threes, and he's... The D kind of comes and goes a little bit. I actually... I've been wondering if they would pick up this guarantee. He's guaranteed for $4.8 million out of 14. Now, it does seem like with their position relative to the tax, it doesn't really hurt them to pick it up. Um, I'm just worried that they're going to have enough money left over to pay friend of the show, Howell Neto. <laughs> they need Howell Neto. They do. They, 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 I mean, he's they, the best point guard on the roster they, right they now. Actually, they actually kind of do, right? <laughs> Yeah. Now, I mean, it, I think this roster is going to look different. It, Tommy Shepard has been aggressive. They desperately need a point guard. You know, maybe KCP is involved in that. Another guy is extension eligible. John is Chris Porzingis. And I could even see if he starts off the year pretty well. Like he played well quietly in Washington when they. He was really good. He Bellingham. was really good at the end of last season. Yeah. Shockingly good. Yeah. So this is one where I don't think you do it this offseason. But if things start off pretty well, he stays healthy and. 
they Beal start the year back and he looks good. When and... they start the year nine and six, that's that's when they jump in and do the extension yeah. for Perzingis. Yeah, so he, he does have a player option for uh, thirty six in twenty three twenty four. They in theory could opt out of, or if they wanted to extend on top of that, they would have to do it during this summer. But they wouldn't have to do it that way. He could just opt out, and they could go four years on top of that if they wanted to. I mean that that seems a little reckless for a guy with his injury history. Yeah, the four four year extension for him is madness. But I could yeah I could but, see but that once they get Beal on this on this uh, you know fifty million dollar a year contract, hey, why not throw another thirty five year Porzingis too? Really lock <laughs> in on on uh, the ninth seed goal every year. Yeah, you could go uh, you could go full MLE with early bird rights on Anthony Gill too while you're at it. All right, let's see here. Who else have we not gotten to yet? Oh, the Denver Nuggets. Got to talk about them. Uh, Nikola Jokic, the Supermax, is going to happen. Yeah, apparently. Clearly. clearly. The only one other one left is Monte Morris. You know, Jake Fisher reported that there have been some discussions about trading him, and uh, you you certainly had some skepticism about Denver's tax payments, and it seems like that is true. Now, Monte Morris, maybe those discussions were happening before they were able to get off of Jermichael Green in that trade that we still don't know the protections on the picks and, and which second-rounders they are somehow, yeah. which which makes me feel like it's probably pretty unfavorable to Denver if we don't know what they are yet. Well, the other reason that hasn't leaked is because I don't think the trade has happened yet because Jermichael Green has to opt into his uh to his 8.2 right, right. million first um right so so because once a trade happens every other team in the league will see the you know see the trade memo or whatever on the on the league site and so that's that's how it will surely leak but but that the trade hasn't gone through yet and because the teams haven't right. sent press releases either so you know that so um the uh the interesting thing with Monty Morris is that Bones Highland, you know, they drafted him. And I think with Jamal Murray back, you say, okay, we'll have Murray and Highland. Do we need a third small guard as a rotation player? And if not, is it worth paying that player nine and a half and being in the tax? Like, I, I think trading Monty Morris to get themselves out of the tax is going to be the, the move here. And it's just a question of what is he worth and what can they get back? And then any extension, I think, again, we, we get into this again, would either happen with his new team or more likely, I think, would just happen a year from now. He's still got two years left on his deal. Trading Monte Morris would be absolutely absurd unless they have some other backup point guard option. But, you know, they're talking about like Vasilya Misic or whatever. But like, you know, I don't think the odds are Vasilya Misic is not going to be as good as Monte Morris. Like you get Jamal Murray coming off a torn ACL. Like he's going to need to miss games. He also plays together with Monte Morris on their second unit. Bones Highland can't defend anybody he's not even really a point guard like you can't go into a season trying to win a championship and get rid of one of the best backup point guards in the league i mean unless they could come up with some other way to replace him but for cheaper but then you got to kind of give up more assets to do that they already are traded yet another first round pick in 27 like can't do that if you're yeah. a real team you're actually trying to win come on yeah yeah the the if you could turn him into a real wing who makes less money i, I mean that I, how that would be supposed the win to do that? that. What asset are they attaching to Monte Morris to get cheaper and better? I, I don't really <laughs> understand what's out there for that. So I, I mean, I, I I it would I would be surprised if they traded him at this point. Again, I think that they're like you know supposedly they are at least willing to be kind of in the tax. But yeah, I mean, if they get, if if they get out of the tax completely with this team, I'm going to be apoplectic. Yeah, well, they're uh, just a few million away now, so <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think. I mean, I think it's either Morris or Will Barton, right? Like <laughs> those are the two guys. All right. So this is the last one. Oh, actually, no. There's a couple more we have to get to. So I guess okay. we're just, this is going to be all all veteran extensions. Episode two and a half. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Kyrie. I mean, he's technically could still do an extension. Seems like he's probably going to just become a free agent. Um, you know, if he opts in, he could get 197 million. It seems like it's more maybe heading in the uh, uh, in the three year type of range. But there has been reporting that he's going to be back, and that that makes a lot of sense to me. Like the the Nets and Irving just need each other. Yeah. <laughs> like there's really there's no other option for either of them, and so the, those are always agree. some of the more interesting free yeah. agency negotiations. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The well, I could leave. Oh yeah, where are you going to go? Yeah. Well, uh, if I go, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah joe harris is eligible don't see that one happening uh seth curry is an interesting one though yeah joe harris with the concerns about his ankle i think that can't happen until they see him back on the floor and see what he can do um yeah curry is interesting like also had off-season ankle surgery by the way um if you already have Kyrie, is it your best bet to go forward with curry with him but i mean i could make the counter argument even on extension curry's going to be tradable so you could argue like what what could you do on curry you could go out like maybe two years i mean he's like he's 30 right is that uh seth curry actually just completed his age 31 season so his so 32 so you're looking at your 33 and 34 season now it, he'll be able to hit shots until he's 97 yeah uh but yeah you know i think something in the, uh, along the lines of about what he's making now for a couple of years wouldn't be crazy that's another one where maybe you just go into the season with it and also an or, or you you do an extension where he could just still be traded anyway you know maybe, maybe that's what it would be i don't i don't see him getting above 10 million a year like he's really a third guard though he's been pretty solid obviously yeah. in, in that role yeah i mean he was good for philadelphia i'll say that um yeah but I do think, like, the Boston series especially, like, you saw, you know, there, when you get to the higher levels, he gets exposed a little more because he's not really a lead playmaker and he's a little vulnerable defensively. So you're really you're really riding on the fact that he's going to give you enough shot-making to offset that. What, what do you think Patty Mills does with his player option for 6.2? You know, I think his best move is to opt out and re-sign another 1 plus 1 because I just, I just think the Nets don't have anywhere else to go with their money other than re-signing him. Uh, I, I mean, but but like if they have Curry, and also maybe Dragic would be back as well. I, I, I guess Curry and him, I, I don't know. I think, I think a, the Nets just got to get better at forward. Like there is going to be somewhat of a zero-sum game here for them. Even the, if, the, And the, it does seem like also they're, yeah, go ahead, sorry. The Dragic thing last year to me was just weird. Like they, they just didn't need him and they're just playing all these small guards. Like they need wings. And so I... I, I still think if I'm Brooklyn, like I know I can make a trade with Mills's contract or Curry's, so I might go ahead, even though it's suboptimal to have Irving and Curry and Mills, that I just don't have other options with my money. I'm limited to my tax MLE outside of these guys and minimums where I bring in, you know, 50-year-old big guys that are finished. Um, 
and so I, I just I just don't see another option for them. Maybe not. I, like he'll help them in the regular season for sure, but he just he can't play in the playoffs next Kyrie. I, I mean, just some of the against Boston or against Philly, these teams against Miami, like these teams that they're going to have to play in the playoffs. Like he's just going to barely play, like he did this year, and he's a year older too. But can he play next I, to I Ben? Just, yeah. Play next to Ben Simmons though. Yeah, but I still like Kyrie's going to be out there. You know, I mean, you just can't have two small guards like that in most of these matchups. Like it's just not going to work for large swaths of the game. And they and again, they already have Curry. So my question is like, what else would his market be? Would he? Would people be interested in him at around that level elsewhere? I do think he'd have taxpayer Millie offers. I do think he'd have interest at that level. Yeah, I think his brand might be pretty damaged by like last year, which is kind of a shame because he just burned himself out playing a billion minutes in the first half of the season when they just didn't have anybody else yeah Yeah, i think he can still be good but i think there's you know he's got to be under 20 minutes a game probably so that's it it does get a little bit rough playing him if you're a taxpayer mid-level team you're probably looking for guys who can play in the playoffs it just gets pretty rough for him um let's finish up here with detroit and jeremy grant because uh makes 21 million this year eligible Uh, we're well this is probably the most discussed extension number in nba history given how often he's been on the trade block but he could get 112.7 million over four years going forward i would not pay him that i i don't think he's that good um personally and you're you're getting into years where he'd probably be on the downslope but uh, yeah, yeah. So this would be his age start. This extension would start in his age 29 season. But there's a pretty heavy sunk cost theory to this that if you're going through the trouble of trading for him and giving up assets, if you're, you know, let's say Atlanta or Portland, like you can't have him leave after a year either. So that that's where it gets really tricky. I mean, can you extend him for less than that number? Um, you know, are they... Because I, I don't think he gets this number as a free agent, but you may have to write it out to free agency in order for him to see that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very interesting. If you're going to give up something substantial for him and then you immediately get contentious about the extension, you don't agree, and then you get into free agency and then maybe you can find sign and trade offers. I agree with you. I don't see the team with $20 million in cap space for next year that's like, oh, it's spent it on 29 year old jeremy grant necessarily but uh, of course see grant though he's done it before he's just left for a shitty team like most of these guys, like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> most of these guys it's like oh yeah really you're gonna you're gonna go to whatever, whatever bad team it is and now does the shitty team want to actually pay him but then the shitty team is probably like oh yeah hey we could just sign him we'll trade him again <laughs> yeah <laughs> just do yeah the exact same cycle that happened exactly exactly uh <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I do agree. I, I don't really want to pay him well over $25 million a year and pay him $31 million in his age 32 season. That doesn't <laughs> particularly appeal to me. No, no, man. But yeah, and it's also... Are any of these teams getting him? Or like you like I mean maybe Phoenix would be the only one if they're if he were involved in the eight deal. Yeah. I mean now it, it, the other thing you would say for Phoenix is, hey, we've got all of our picks going forward. Why don't we just trade salary flotsam for him and not give up eight <laughs> that and just add him to our group. That that's what you would do if you uh you know <laughs> weren't trying to avoid the tax. <laughs> 
right? Like, could you yeah. move Shamit, Shamit, Sharich? Shamit actually would help the Pistons, by the way. Um, Shamit and Sharich and two first-round picks for Grant. Yeah, but you need you need Sharich because he's going to be your starting five next year. <laughs> oh, God, that Aiden thing. That's that's going to be crazy, whatever happens there. Oh, yeah. All right, well, this was so crazy that we couldn't even get to the second half of our podcast. Maybe we'll just talk about it on uh, Spotify Live here, uh, some of our other most interesting free agents uh, of the season. And next week, we got to talk draft. So actually, I, maybe, I don't know if draft will make it through the entire pod next week, so maybe we'll just save that for next week to talk about some of our more more interesting free agents in addition to the draft and finally getting through the film work through the top four now john so i'm i've deliberately not read any of your stuff so we'll have a good discussion next week which is which is weird because usually you don't have to be that deliberate about it usually you just don't read my stuff just in the regular course of your day that's you you always make that joke i'm like i I mean i know it's just self-deprecating it's funny but again as someone who was reading alleyoopfucking.com in 2002 wow i I do take a little little wow uh a a 20 a 20 year reader wow wow yeah, That's no, impressive. I remember I Googled it. I was living in Hilton Head, South Carolina, working as a waiter the summer and getting ready to take the LSAT uh, after college. And I was bored out of my mind. So I was like, all right. And I loved uh, baseball perspective. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to just, I don't know if it was even Google. It might have been like Alta Vista or like Yahoo <laughs> search engine or something at that point and i was like i'm gonna just look up see if i can find something that's like similar for basketball because i like basketball even better than baseball uh in terms of like advanced stat and uh yeah and i think i that's how i ended up finding it um but yeah we'll uh we can dispense with the trip down memory lane here your 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 my your myspace page was the shit though right no my myspace didn't even exist in 2002 oh really yeah friendster started in early 2003 wow that was the that was the big yeah no no 2002 yeah facebook was 2003 like early 2004 is when like people actually started getting facebook pages all right now this is this is really a trip back it's all blur to me man (laughs) all right we will talk to you all next week till then reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 